evening everyone. Just a few brief words tonight. Uh, the words we come back to a lot in Zen practice is about being caught in the self-centered dream. Um, but what's the way of describing what happens when you wake up from that, you know, when you're not restricted by that? Um, the words that Joko used to use was not that you become, um, you go from self-centered to other-centered. The word she used to use, which I think is a better word, is you go to from being self-centered to life-centered, because other-centered doesn't include you. Uh, means just being concerned about the needs of other people and so on. But life-centered means like interbeing. You know, is that you're you're immersed completely in life as it is in its wholeness and in its spaciousness, not just this sort of closed system, which is me. And so there is a movement with practice from um, self-centeredness to life-centeredness. And one of the ways that actually um, manifests in terms of a dynamic or the energy of it it's a shifting away from a life which is um, driven by wanting and taking to giving and receiving. Right? So, but all of those words describe an interaction that we have with life. But from the self-centered point of view, it's a, a, a wanting of something, even a wanting of enlightenment for that matter. Yeah. Right? And it's a wanting and I've got to, I've got to take it for me. That's what goes along with, with that self-centered position. Um, but when, when you're living more in a, a, life, a life-centered experience, it's kind of just like, and you're connected with everything, then there's just a kind of faith and, and trust, um, like the giving will just happen naturally and receiving will just happen naturally as well. Just like as, as it does in nature, you know, with us, us breathing out... Um, carbon dioxide for plants and then breathing out oxygen for us, it just kind of happens. That's just the way that um, nature works in that sort of ecological way. Everything is giving and receiving all the time. So when we get out of our own way, um, that's what our, our life becomes, just a natural giving and receiving. And um, so in, in simple terms, we, we, we go from a closed position to an open position, something which is spacious and something which people may call big mind, you know, or the big picture. But we just have a, a bigger container, a sort of broader perspective on life rather than just this one which is me. And in the beginning sometimes it starts by having an intellectual interest in openness. You know, so we we read a lot of books about Zen, you know, in Buddhism, you know, and we, we're curious about it. But that's not quite the same as being open. That's just an intellectual curiosity about it. And then there's another stage where people um, are moving towards openness, but they're not quite there because what they're doing in their meditation as well as in their life is they're trying to be open. You know? And um, we've all probably all done that. You know, it's like trying to be good, you know, trying to be generous, trying to be patient. There's too much self-consciousness in it. And a lot of Buddhist teachers um, 
point this out, that that's a, a place where people can get stuck in their practice, where the, 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 the as um, Chokram Trumpa said, that these words really resonate with me, the ego is trying to become spiritual. Uh, and so it's still caught in its own wanting and taking kind of pattern, rather than just trusting that everything is. And um, so that, that self-conscious kind of trying to be open really gets in the way. But when, when you just... There's a kind of a... It's an act of trust or an act of faith that you let go of trying. And it's not so you've given up um, practicing, but you give up trying to get somewhere and you realise that openness is there all the time. You just have to drop into it and it will be there. Generosity will be there all the time if you just drop into it. And that's why that that koan, um, which I often come back to, but I'll give you the simpler version of it, you know, how do you, how do you practice generosity? It's like reaching for a pillow in the night. It's not something you consciously try to do, it just it happens when you get out of your own way. Um, so that's what we actually, that's the actual shift that actually occurs through practice if you stay with it. There's a curiosity about openness, then um, there's, a, there's a, a, a moving towards it in a very self-conscious kind of way, and then you just drop into it because that's the nature of the way things are. And um, sometimes I, I come across people who are trying to, trying to harden a really obvious way to, to be good. And it's a person I'm, I'm thinking of at the moment, it's not someone in this group at all, um, someone I know outside of this Buddhist context. But she's a, she's a good person. Um, but every situation she comes into, you can see that she's kind of controlling herself and the situation by trying to be so good and thinking of others and asking after others all the time. That you, if, I kind of feel like wanting to say to her, would you please relax, you know? Don't try and be so good, you know, just allow it to, to come out. You know? um, but many people, many religious people, um, can get caught in that um, self-conscious trying to be good, self-conscious trying to be generous, um, rather, than, rather than having this deeper sense of getting out of your own way um, and just allowing it to happen. Now, that happens when there is a process involved in it <clears throat> and that's a process which I referred to the other day in a talk that we need both self-compassion and self-honesty to examine the thinking that goes on in our mind, you know, and then the speech that comes out of that thinking and the actions that come out of that thinking. And if our, if our thinking is toxic kind of thinking of wanting, taking, being resentful when we're not getting what we want and so on, then that runs our lives. So it's not as though there's not work to be done, but it's a matter of honestly and compassionately looking into all of that delusion until spaciousness seems to emerge in your mind and you just see, it's like you see through it so much more clearly than what you did before and you just see through it that it's kind of so 
mean and narrow and toxic, you don't want to do it anymore. Right? And so when that, that reduces, um, then what we might call our Buddha nature or our true heart or our true self has a, a chance to emerge. So there is a kind of a trying involved in a way in the sense that we really, really self-examine the deluded self. Um, but you cannot make yourself be generous. You know, you get out of the way and it will occur of itself just naturally. And it's important that we recognise practice in that way so that we, we drop into that place, that we're not perpetually for a lifetime caught in this self-conscious trying to be a spiritual person, whatever that might mean.